0: Another day another dollar makes you wonder where you you can scream. Hi folks, this is Jack Spearco with another edition of the Survival Podcast. That's always one man's view of the changing world of the changing times and the things that we can all do to live a better life. If times get tough or even if they don't. Today is Tuesday. December 9th. This is episode 106. And uh as always I'm conducting this uh podcast from my personal mobile studio which is my 2006 Jetta diesel TDI which I just filled up for uh 36 bucks. It's been a long time since I filled it up for 36 bucks. So in all the things that have gone on recently at least the price of fuels come down a little bit. Um, anyway, let's uh Let's get on with today's show Um, Today I made an announcement yesterday To the email distribution list And on the forum Today I'm going to basically call you guys to arms. It's time for the revolution to begin. And don't worry, I don't need you to break out old Betsy and uh, head off and play Robin Hood. And get yourself shot. That's not the kind of revolution we're talking about. We will get that, to that in just a minute. I do have two brief house cleaning items. First of all, no show yesterday. Why? Because my cat, who is an idiot, picked a, cat with a, picked a fight with a bigger, meaner cat, got bit in the face. And we're not exactly sure when, but yesterday uh, when uh, he came home, we saw that his face was swollen up, and it looked like, honestly, he had been bitten by a snake, Uh, but I knew right away what it was, because he had been through it with him before cat bites are infectious, and he had gotten bitten in the face by a rival tomcat, and uh, he now has a gaping wound. And uh, I got a $175 vet bill, uh, which I gladly paid because, to me, you take a pet into your home, they become a member of the family. And if it was my kid that needed $175 worth of medical treatment, I wouldn't have relied on Uncle Sam. I would have paid the bill, so I paid the bill for the cat. And I guess my big question there with all the health care nonsense that we're dealt, dealing with and told that we need universal health care is so I want to know why I can take a cat to the vet uh, for an emergency to be treated by a person who goes through as much much training as an MD it's actually harder to become a vet than an MD most people don't realize that but it is uh, I got antibiotics uh, I got minor surgery performed I got a day of boarding alright and the 175 bucks included some medication for my husky and some medication for my black lab and if that would have been an emergency room visit it probably would have cost for a kid it probably would have cost about $2500 at least Just something to think about before we go into some of the things that are going to be talked about today. And uh, the next thing is, I said yesterday that I would be giving out some SOE tactical gear. Um, this is the Listener Appreciation Contest. If you have not entered, you cannot play, but you can still enter and then play. You enter the contest by going to the survivalpodcast.com Clicking on Listener Appreciation Contest and filling out a form with your name and email address, please use the proper email address. I'm not going to spam you. Please use a proper name so that I can identify you later if you win. If I cannot get in touch with you, you will not win. We've had people lose their prizes, I believe, for that reason, if it wasn't from spam filtering. To play today, you will send me an email. You will send that email to jack@thesurvivalpodcast.com. Again, you will send it to jack at the survival Podcast.com. You will not go to the website and use my contact form to play the game, or your results will be disqualified. You will not send me multiple emails. You will send me one and one only. I've stated that before. I did not last time one person sent me about 80 emails. I threw all her emails away. So, uh, do not send me multiple emails. Do not use the contact form. You send an email to jackatthesurvivalpodcast.com. In the subject line, you will include a code word. Today's code word is SOE, Tactical Sling, SOE, all together in capitals, the way that John brands his company, SOE, space, tactical space, gear. That will be the only thing in the subject line. If it's not in the subject line, that way, your entry will be disqualified. You are playing for a single-point tactical sling today uh, from SOE. I'm giving away four of them. Two will be olive drab. Two of them will be black. Uh, they retail for about forty-five bucks. Uh, if you don't own a rifle or a shotgun or something like that, you may not want to play unless you have somebody to give it to. Because uh, if you're just going to put it on your sh- shelf, you know, um, it may not do any good. In the, in the body of the email, you need to send me your name and the email address that you use to enter the contest. You may want to send me your shipping address as well. If you do not send your shipping address with it, I will respond to you and ask you for it if you've won. Unfortunately, people have lost prizes because they've not answered that response. So You just might want to get it out of the way. Don't worry. I'm not going to save your address. I don't really care where you live unless you win, so I can mail you your prize. All right? So that's it. I will be giving them away today to email respondents 10. Hold on a second. I got a merge point to deal with. Okay, email respondents 10. 30, 40, and 60. 10, 30, 40, and 60. So, you people that say they list late in the day, they don't get a chance. 60 is a pretty long time. So, we're up to 60 respondents, and with this kind of prize, I believe only people that want something for a gun will be responding. That's probably half the audience. All right. So, that's knocked out. So, let's get on to today's actual show A Call to Arms. And what I mean by a call to arms is just like in the old revolutionary days. At some point, the colonists decided, enough. Enough. Here's a declaration. Here's a declaration of independence. Go screw. And they picked up guns and they said, it is now time to go to war. Well, it's now time, folks, to go to a modern war. Modern warfare. It is the absolute time to do it. The good news is, you really don't need a gun, you don't need a knife, you don't need a club. It is time to wage peaceful warfare because we live in a democracy where we still can. And it is time to wage that peaceful warfare before we don't have a choice and we have to wage violent warfare, because all of our liberties have been taken away. That is the slide that we're on. I don't care if you call yourself a liberal or a Democrat, or a conservative or a Republican. In fact, by the end of today, I'm going to be hoping that you will never call yourself one of those four words again, because they are used to divide us and to conquer us. I don't care which side of the political spectrum you're on, if you objectively look at the rights and freedoms of the individual and the burden of responsibility for other non-producers. Our country has been in a downward spiral almost since the day that it was founded and we have maybe 10% of the liberties that we did on the first day after the American Revolution ended. Maybe 10% of what we had then we have today. It's been replaced with a bunch of bullshit, folks. Really. Absolute bullshit. Trinkets and dinkets from China. Microwave ovens. And fast food restaurants. And that's supposed to appease you. Modern medical uh, establishments that are absolutely marvels in what they can do, but as I've shown you in the past, have done nothing to increase the average lifespan of the average American. In 225 years, it hasn't changed. If you haven't listened to that show, I'll put a link to it from this one. But I did a a project one time, and I looked at 20 founders of our country, like Washington and Jefferson and Hamilton, that were all alive during the American Revolution. I looked at how, and Franklin and how long did they live. And their average age was 75. And then the average age from the Center of Disease Control for American males... 75.2. 75.2. So at 225 years and trillions of dollars, they've given us two-tenths of a year of life expectancy. We've been lied to, we've been tricked, and we've had our freedoms taken away. We no longer control the people that sit in the White House. We no longer control the people that sit in the Capitol building of our nation or the Capitol buildings of our state. We are not in control of... And it is time to take control back. And what I'm going to lay out for you is a blueprint today for you to take control back of the one thing that you can actually control. And in doing so, I know that it will spread. And it will change the nation that we live in. And that one thing, my friends, is you. When I'm done with you today, you're not going to be able to just crawl up in a little ball and say, but I'm one person, I can't make a difference. You're not going to be able to do it ever again because the very first thing in my call to arms is for you to understand that you do make a difference and that you must work with what you have. I did a show last week where I explained how my show was inspired by a man named Jules DeVace. Jules DeVase took a tenth of an acre and used it to produce 6,000 pounds of organic fruits and vegetables. He believes that he's leading a revolution as well, and his revolutionary symbol is one man holding a garden trowel over his head. That made a big impact on me. I'll come back to that at the very end of today's show. Because there's something I want you to do for me in regards to Mr. DeVace. But there was one little seed that he planted in a 10-minute YouTube video that made a bigger impression on me than the emotional response gained by one man holding up a trowel. He said, I wanted acreage, but I didn't have it. I had to make a go with what I had. What I had to do was just simply work with what we had. That's the foundation of our revolution. That is the foundation of changing our nation. We will work with what we have. You will work with what you have. If you really want something different, if you really want something better, if you really want to ensure your future survival, the future survival of your children, and the future survival of the foundation of our nation, then you will begin today to work with what you have. You will never make an excuse again about what you do not have or what you cannot do. And the reason this is so important is it's what inspired this entire episode. Last week I was on our forum and I took a look and there was a guy and I was angry when I saw what he wrote. And if you're listening, I don't want you to think I was angry with you. I was angry at the system for what it made you say about yourself. It was a thread about my show about Monsanto and how they're genetically modifying our food. They're doing things to the food supply that should never be done. They're planting genes into the seed supply that cause plants to terminate themselves after one generation. And they're putting that into the biosphere with cross-pollination. And their genes are spreading into other plants. And they're claiming rights to the plants that they're destroying. And they're suing farmers for having Monsanto property on their field. And if you want to know more, listen to that episode. Watch the videos about Monsanto. Learn, educate, and form yourself. But what this guy said was, Well, I grow some food in my backyard. I buy local and I buy, buy organic produce whenever I can. But I'm just one small backyard gardener. I, does that really matter? Does it make a difference? And basically he was saying it didn't make a difference. And you read his whole comment. What I do doesn't matter. Bullshit. My response to that was no. What you do does matter. You are a powerful being with the ability to control what goes into your body, what you consume, what you allow your children to consume, and to support the people that make a difference in your local economy by giving them their business. That is exactly what you're doing. And don't let anybody ever steal that from you. Don't let anybody ever rob that from you. What you do matters, and you must work with what you have. That is the foundation of this revolution. And many of the things I'm going to talk about today, I've talked about before. I'm just trying to put purpose with them, direction with them, and motivation with them. So plan two, step two in the revolution, is for you to kill your debt. And you may be sitting there going, well, Jack's talked about eliminating debt many times before. How is this different? Because I have a message for you today about your debt. The vice president to be of the United States of America, Joseph Biden, a man whose politics are as far from mine as possible, said something that I found to be reprehensible because he was justifying increasing taxation upon Americans when we pay enough, when we are enslaved to our nation, when we work five months a year to pay our tax bills. He said paying taxes, in fact paying more taxes was the exact quote, was patriotic. It was helping your country. I think that's bullshit. I'm here to tell you that eliminating your debt and refusing to go further into debt is patriotic. It is your patriotic duty to eliminate and cancel out your debt. So you have to use the debt that you do use? You use it smart, you pay it quickly. You use it to buy things like a house. You pay your house off as soon as you can. And you don't carry credit cards. You don't use credit cards. I never buy consumer good With a credit card, or credit, or easy store credit, or no payments, no interest, ever again. That is your patriotic duty. Because debt is the number one tool that's being used to enslave the American people and destroy the American family. Debt is behind more divorces than any other single factor. You ultra-conservative, religious right-wing people. I used to be like you. A lot of the things that you think is destroying the family is fueled by the fact that the family's in stress because it's in debt. Because you have two parents working their brains out every day, 60 hours a week apiece, and it's still not enough to pay the bills. And the only reason it's not enough to pay the bills is because the families have been sold a lie that you have to keep buying. You have to keep buying. You have to keep buying. This is a consumer-driven economy. That's a good thing. Go out and shop. That's your patriotic duty. After 9-11, our president told you to go spend money. No more. Draw the line in the sand. I don't care if you're a Republican and a Republican president tells you to shop. I don't care if you're a Democrat and a Democratic president tells you to shop. Spend your money wisely, save it, invest it, and build a lifestyle with it that's dead free. That is now your patriotic duty as an American. You need to exercise every single right that you have. And my friends out there that do not own a firearm that live in the United States of America, I want you to buy one. I want you to know how to use it. I want you to know how to be safe with it. I don't even care if you ever buy bullets for it, if you don't really want an armed weapon in your home. But I want you to own a firearm. Because I want... When people talk about banning them, for you to realize that what banning means is somebody taking away your personal property. I want you to exercise your right to free speech with intelligence and purpose. I want you to exercise your right against self-incrimination. If you are ever picked up by the police and accused of anything, I want you to tell them, I will be happy to talk to you as soon as you get me an attorney. I want you to exercise every right you have at every opportunity. Because only through their exercising will they be retained. And I want you to commit that to yourself right now. That you will not look at any of your rights as a gift horse in the mouth. And you will use them. And you will act on them. And if you live somewhere where you can't own a gun, then you don't do that one. And you realize that you can't do that one because somebody took it away from you. The next thing I want you to do... As so I want you to understand what we started off with at a deeper level, I want you to never buy the lie that one person can't make a difference. I don't ever want you to believe that for a second. You see, because the same people that through insidious messages buried in the, 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 the propaganda and the dogma of the marketing of our government and the marketing of industry, that basically say, hey, you know, might as well buy an SUV like everybody else. You know, you gas cash shoes as a drop in the bucket. Right? Right? The ones that say, you know might as well get on board with this social program. Everybody else is. It's going to pass anyway. Why are you going to waste energy opposing it? The same people that say those things are the ones that tell you, Oh, you know what? If you don't go out and shop this Christmas, it's going to destroy the economy. Like most lies... When you look at it from a situation, if you can't have it both ways, it's one or it's the other, either one person doesn't make a difference or one person does make a difference. It's not, well, one person makes a difference over here when it's all in line with our agenda, and then one person over here where it's in opposition to the agenda, they don't matter. You know, we could lose everything if you don't participate. But if you do participate in something that we, we want, it doesn't matter, because you're only one person. That message is pounded into us over and over. And that individual in the forum that said, but what can I do? I'm only one small backyard gardener, was doing the one thing he could do. And putting himself down for it, because of this insidious lie. One person matters, and you matter. And let me tell you something, I've said this before, but one person with independent thought, self-determination, and a willingness to act scares the living shit out of the powers that be. It terrifies them. It horrifies them. That's why they try to shut down things like talk radio. They're not worried about the DJ. They're not worried about Sean Hannity. They're worried about Bill or Tom or Sue that picks up the phone and calls Sean Hannity voices their opinion even when it's in opposition to his and has it heard and realized I made a difference somebody heard me somebody paid attention I influenced somebody that is what scares the shit out of the power elites about things like talk radio and one person with a garden in Denver, Colorado or Jacksonville, Florida or San Francisco, California scares Monsanto just one What you do matters, and one person can't make a difference. Commit that to yourself right now. Commit that to being part of this revolution, and what you do will matter every time. On that note, I want you to grow food. I don't care if you live in an apartment. I want you to see it as your patriotic duty. Go listen to my show on the Patriot Garden if you need a charge-up on that. But you must grow something. I don't care if it's three or four pot herbs in a windowsill and one head of lettuce that makes you a salad a month. Grow something. Understand you, yourself, have the power to produce the very thing that sustains your life. When you do that, it will change the way you think forever. In the words of my friend Jules DeVace, growing food might be the most dangerous thing occupation on the planet because when you grow your own food you're in danger of becoming free I don't want you to fear that danger I want you to embrace it I want you to swallow the blue pill or the red pill or whichever one it was in the matrix that made you wake up And it's in the form of a stalk of celery, a pepper, a radish, or a lettuce leaf. It is your choice. But I want you to grow something. And I want you to understand that every time you grow one thing and you eat it... It's one thing that you didn't take out of the mass-produced society that's been designed as a tool for further enslavement. Little farmers all over the world have lost their little farms that produced enough to feed them in their villages so that giant fields could be linked together to grow wheat, barley, and corn, to pay the debts back that they have to big governments like ours and Britain and France and England. Okay? That's what's gone on all over the world. And we have willingly given up our little farms for the promise of a better life in the city. You want to live in a city? Fine. Grow a garden in the city. If the dervices can grow 6,000 pounds on a tenth of an acre in the middle of Los Angeles, basically, Pasadena, California, 100 feet from a highway then you can grow 60 pounds or 600 pounds. I don't care how much grow something I try to grow a little more every year that's all I'm asking buy local produce I want you to find somewhere some place near where you live I guarantee you no matter where you live from big city to small town there is some place that you can buy produce that was grown within 50 miles of where you live or less I want you to find that place and I want you to do business there I want you to do business there regularly if you go once a month and buy a few things that's enough that's enough I want you to buy local whenever you can. I want you to deal with local merchants, not just for food, but for everything. The next time you need something done at your house that you're not capable of doing, I want you to call a local business and have them come out and do it. I want you to talk to the person that comes and does the work, like a friend. I want you to ask them why they work there, how long they've worked there. I want you to get to know people by doing business. I want you to go back to what this country used to be like local, grow local eat local act locally All right, it's a very simple thing, if you're in Dallas do business in Dallas if you're in Pasadena, do business in Pasadena whenever you can Avoid the big box stores whenever you can. Avoid the giant grocery chains whenever you can. See how much you can find on your local economy. There will not be everything you want or even need. That's okay. Just buy what you can from there. One person, remember, one person, one extra customer, keeps that farmer going to that farmer's market, keeps that butcher continuing to grow his own organic pork. All right, That's reality. It's one customer. There's a, there's a line in the sand for any business person. If I'm over it, I stay in business. If I'm under it, I go out. And it's not a big difference. All right, It is one or two things a month that make the difference, that let me make payroll for the one or two people that work for me. The next thing I want you to do, I want you to stop debating with people that disagree with you. All right? This is something I'm very guilty of, and I've finally learned how to do this the right way. When I say don't debate, I don't mean don't have a dissenting opinion and make it known. What I mean is don't say, well, you're wrong because, blah, 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 give them all the facts. Because people that are entrenched in emotional issues are not interested in your facts. They're not going to listen to your facts. I want you to train yourself starting today. And I want you to train yourself every time you get the opportunity. I want you to practice in friendly environments where we have friendly debates about things like sports. That aren't really that important. It's a great place to practice. I want you to learn to ask thinking questions. And I guess a great example of this would be the gun control debate. That's a highly charged emotional issue. And before, I would say, well, you know, here's the countries where it's been tried, and here's their crime rates, and, you know, they throw out their own statistics, and people are making up statistics and cross-referencing statistics and confusing statistics, citing invalid sources on both sides of the issue. I have a new way of this, having this debate. All I say is, hey, did you, hear, did you ever hear about Heller versus D.C.? They go, usually no. Heller versus DC was this court hearing at the Supreme Court. See, the city of Washington had this law that said you can't own a handgun, even in your own home. You can't even have it in a case locked up under your bed. If you live in the DC area, no gun, period. No handgun. And this guy Heller decided that was unconstitutional and started trying to sue the city, uh, the, or the, you know, suing the District of Columbia. Years and years ago, this took forever to finally get to the Supreme Court. It was a watershed moment. And here's what happened. The Supreme Court came out and said the Second Amendment of the Constitution applies to the individual, and it does mean guns. All right, it's not, It doesn't just mean muzzle loaders. And that such a, an ordinance was unconstitutional. That was... Absolutely handed down by the highest court in the land. Now, I'm not trying to change your opinion of whether that should have happened or not. Can we agree that that happened? That's hard to... Well, yeah, that happened. Okay. Well, all I want to know now is, does that mean that in America today, our law says that the Second Amendment of the Constitution applies to you as an individual? And if you choose to exercise that right, you should be able to. Is that what the law says? Yeah. Okay. If we passed a law that said that that wasn't true anymore without amending our Constitution, without changing our Constitution, and that flew, what would that mean for your right to free speech and for your right against self incrimination and for freedom of the press and all these other things that are seen as equal under the law? If we can take away one. Does that not set precedent that we could take away the others? Let them struggle with that. Let them answer that. And that's probably one where you're doing more talking than most debates that you would have. You should try to make the debates as short and brief as possible with the other person doing the talking. Just the way I've talked to husbands about having conversations with their wives. Ask questions and listen. That one requires a lot of explanation because it requires background, because people are so deeply rooted. But you just need to ask things like, oh, universal health care? Okay. Um, is there any hospital in America today where a certain group of people always qualify for treatment no matter what? And they'll probably say, well, No. Or that's the rich people. And you say, no. Try to guide them there. Say, no, if there's, is there like a job you could have for like 20 or 30 years? And then when you get out, you get retirement. And that part of that retirement is you always get medical treatment. And if while you're working, you always get medical treatment. Especially if you got shot in war or something like that. And they oh, shot in war. Oh, yeah, veterans are awesome. Yeah, veterans get health care. Do you... You know, if you had your choice between going to a private hospital or a veteran's hospital, which one would you want to go to? A private hospital. You know they're going to say that unless they're totally uninformed. Veteran's hospitals suck. Everybody knows they suck. Everybody's heard how bad they suck. They're inefficient. Soldiers are not given the care they're entitled to. You say, well, okay, I just want you to think about this. The only government-run health care in the United States of America... 100% run by the government, is the VA hospital. And you wouldn't want to go there. If we take the government and put them in charge of health care, don't we basically turn every hospital in America into a VA hospital? Let them go. Let them answer that. I just keep asking questions. Well, you know, remember those guys at Walter Reed? You know, that were laying in beds and not being taken care of? Does that make sense to do? Just keep asking questions. That's how I want you to debate from now on. I also want you to cast off labeling yourself as liberal or conservative, Democrat or Republican. I want you to see yourself this second and forever forward as independent. I didn't even say libertarian, even though my political bent is more libertarian than anything else. You know, I have a libertarian mind. I am not a member of a libertarian party, at least not anymore. I realized I can't be affiliated with any party. I must be an independent person. I must think completely independently. Right? And, 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 you know, you may have to register your voter registration, as a Republican or Democrat, whichever way the dominant way you vote is, because certain state primaries there's some kinda of, there's hoops and things like that. But you know what? In, at the end of the day you have to be completely independent. And I want to explain something to you. I want to explain to you how liberal and conservative don't even mean what they used to mean anymore anyway. They've been twisted and perverted. For instance, I think that the law against marijuana use in the United States should be repealed. That's not because I want to do marijuana. I don't have any desire for marijuana. I just think it's a naturally occurring substance, and that people do it anyway, and that the law has done absolutely nothing to stem the tide. The only thing the law has done is created a black market for this substance, and empowered organized crime through streams of revenue. I don't think you're going to keep it out of our schools with law because you can't keep it out of our prisons with law. I don't think it makes any sense at all. Now, a lot of people would look at that and say that's a very liberal philosophy. right? That's San Francisco hippie talk. Long-haired hippie freak talk. right? Well, do you know that until the 20s, all drugs were legal in the United States because a little thing called the Constitution got in the way with telling another human being what they could put in their body. So, isn't that actually a conservative viewpoint small government, less intrusion it's up to you to decide what it is my point is that we don't even know anymore so let's not use labels let's not say I'm a liberal so that immediately I can say I'm a conservative so we can argue let's find common ground and work on that that's part of your revolutionary assignment I also want you to make a commitment to yourself, not to me to make five phone calls a month, five phone calls a month, and here's who they're going to be to. And I, remind, I want you to go back. One person makes a difference. Don't 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 punk out on me here with this one. You're going to call once a month. Your federal congressperson, your representative in Washington. or You have one of those. You're going to call your two senators. Okay? You have two of those in every state. There's two senators. They both work for you. You're their boss. I want you to start acting like their boss, and I want you to start having a conversation with their staff once a freaking month for two minutes each. All right, So five phone calls, ten minutes of your time. It's worth it. This is your nation we're talking about. And at the state level, which may even be more important, you have a state rep and you have a state senator. I want you today to go find the contact information for all five of those people, and I want you to pick a different issue every month, one at the federal level and one at the state level. I want you to call your congressperson or your senator, state and federal alike, and I want you to go on record with your position and ask what their position is and say that you're paying attention to what they're doing and you wanted them to know. I want you to give them your real name and your real zip code, alright, because I want them to know you're a real person. I want you to be respectful and I'm not going to tell you what to say. I don't care what you say. I want you to speak your mind and the way you feel about the issue, and I want you to be informed about it. And you only have to find two issues a month, because the three people you call in Washington can all be given the same issue, and the two people you call in your state uh, can both be given the same issue. So I want you to commit to that that to yourself today, and I want you to do that. And I want, to, I want you to understand... That you are paying the salaries of those five people. If you paid somebody to babysit your kid, and they weren't doing a good job, you would let them know about it. Alright? These guys are abusing your children every day by pissing away their future. It is time that you let them hear about it. So five phone calls a month. Make the commitment and keep it. It will matter. Along with casting off your label as liberal, conservative, democrat, republican, I want you to seek relationships and friendships of people that have opposing views, and I want you to hear what they have to say, and I want you to listen to them. I want it to be a two-way conversation where you do get to say your turn. I want you to be respectful, and I want above all, When you find that person that's a Yankee, New England, big tax-and-spend liberal, and you're a conservative, gun-toting, NRA lifetime member from South Texas, there's still some stuff you can agree on, and I want you to figure out what it is. And I want you all to agree that if you worked on what you agreed on, it would be better for both sides than if you fought about what you disagree about. And I want you to seek those relationships. It's important. It's part of the revolution. I want you to develop a plan to own your own land if you do not already. Those of you who keep telling me how you're in an apartment, I want you to make do with what you have for now. I want you to figure out. I don't want you to be stupid. I don't want you to go buy something you can't afford. I don't want you going to a bank and getting a loan that you shouldn't get because Jack Spirig said you got to get a mortgage. But I want you to develop a plan to responsibly buy a piece of land. And if a mortgage is part of it, I want you to use a good, smart mortgage that you can afford to pay. And if it's a tiny little lot, somewhere that's a couple hours away from where you live, doesn't even have a house on it, I don't care. I want you to own a piece of land. It's an important step in freedom, self-direction, and self-determination. And what's happening is land is being seized by the government. And you won't understand what a threat that is until you own something that could be seized. Just like you won't realize that not only is you know gathering up all the guns and melting them down in violation of your right to keep and bear arms, protected by your Constitution. It's the seizing of your property. You worked for it. You own it. You bought it. You paid for it. They're seizing your property. Well, it's a lot worse when it's seizing land. We need to take a stand on this eminent domain bullshit. And you're not going to do it with vigor until you own something. And you can understand that that person that's being told, you got to move because a football stadium is being made. It doesn't want to sell their land. And you're told on the news, well, we offer them three times the market value of this property. is. Yeah, today, not after you build that stadium, you're not. Not after you build that highway you're not alright you're not paying them based on the value that you're going to turn the land into for the supposed public greater good even though it's being used for private industry so you need to own land you will never be able to effectively garden full time where you actually produce you know 20% 30 40% of your food until you own some land so I want you to own some land And, you know, we all have our views of a great, you know, place out in the country. And and I'm building one for myself. And that's what a lot of you guys want. But a lot of you don't. And don't let people in the survival community tell you that you can't urban homestead. Because you sure as hell can. Now, if the uh, proverbial shit hits the fan, it may not be the best place to be. But remember, first, directive. Work with what you have. So you figure out what you want how you want to live. And you develop a plan to get there. And understand that you know living in the most trendy place with the best schools costs more, and maybe you can't afford that. So you work with what you have, and you find what you can afford, what does make sense, and what gives you the most opportunity to build the life you want. It's a very, very critical part. If you don't own land, if you're not buying land right now, develop a plan to do so. I want you to understand what might happen out there. All these different disaster and survival scenarios, pandemic, flu, uh, greater depression, all this stuff that might happen. I want you to understand it. Because it motivates you and it makes you prepared. But I want you to act on the things that are going to happen. Alright? And an example of this is a person that was all freaked out about the economy going into a recession in August... July, Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae are crashing, freaked out, right, Stop spending any money at all, right, knew the crash was coming, but didn't move their money from their mutual funds to something simple like cash. They just sat there while the freight train came and cut the value of their retirement account by 50% or more. They didn't act on what was going to happen. No one didn't know that that was going to happen. People said, oh, it won't be that bad, it'll come back. But no one said it's not going to go down, that now is not the time for it to go down, that it's just going to go up, except Jim Craber, and he's an idiot. I told you he was an idiot. It's about everybody else admitted, yeah, it's going to crash. And yet we sat there and we watched it happen. All right? You know what will happen sooner or later? Somebody in your family is going to get sick and need medical treatment. You know what's gonna happen sooner or later, someone in your family will lose a job or take a pay reduction. Sooner or later it's gonna happen. Sooner or later your kids are gonna grow up and they're gonna to need to get started in life. Right? Sooner or later the price of something that you're buying today that you think is important and you need for your life is gonna increase. These are all things that will happen. People are looking at gas right now. I had a comment on the blog yesterday. A show I did why oil is not really down and it'll, it's still going up. This is when oil I dropped from $140 a barrel down to about 100 And they commented, they comment said, well, it's $40 a barrel now. It seems like it went down. It did. Called that one wrong. But you know what? I could say with certainty we'll see $4 gas again. That it will happen. We'll see. The next time it makes a run, it'll make a bigger run than before. Why can I say that? Because every time it's dropped and it's made a new run, it's made a run higher. Just like the stock market, right? We're not supposed to believe that about gas, but we're supposed to believe that about the stock market. Gas costs us thirty, sixty, seventy dollars to fill a truck or a car, and the stock market costs us. Hundreds of thousands of dollars if you've been working for 20 years or more and been putting money in your retirement account. But we're supposed to pay attention to one and not the other. I'm asking you to act on the things that will occur. I want you to look at things and go, this might occur, so this goes into contingency planning. This will occur, so I will act on it today. I want you to know your own personal power. I want you to understand that. This is the final part. Of the call to arms today. I want you to know your own power. I want you to realize that what I said at the beginning. That one person does matter. And one person scares the power elites. One individual who acts instead of just speaks. Who lives by example. Instead of telling other people how they should live. One person who just lives the life they want every day scares the living shit out of those in power. Because it is the source of change and it is the source of revolution and resistance is fertile. And that's the biggest thing you have to do is you have to resist. At this point, I want to come back to my commentary on the Dervais family and Jules Dervais. There's a video I want you to watch at least a little piece of. I want you to watch their nine-minute kind of feature video that talks about their whole place. Everything that they do, how they've done it, all the things that they do every day, how they live together as a family, how they earn a living now as urban farmers on that little piece of land. I want you to watch that one first. Then I want you to watch a lecture that Jules gave at UCLA. And you can watch the whole thing if you want to. And I think it'll be worth your time. But Or you can just fast forward to this one part in Section 1. Section 1, he goes and he talks for four minutes, maybe three minutes, something like that. And then they take and they show an overhead projector. And they show that very video, that nine-minute video. Now, they don't make you sit through the whole thing when you're watching a lecture because you've seen it already. It's there. You can watch it. They show the very, very beginning. And then they say, you can go see the whole video here if you haven't seen it yet. And they cut to the end. And the first thing that you see is Jules holding up that trowel. And this is why I want you to see it in a different setting, in a different light. What I want you to see... What I want you to experience and what I want you to feel and what I want you to charge yourself with is that room full of college students who, by the way, that was not a required course or something. It was something they set up themselves, a group of college students, our future, who had chosen to be there. Listen to a man that didn't come in trying to say, let's save the whole planet because all the Republicans are evil even though you're in the bastion of liberal ideology with UCLA, simply came in and said, this is how we're living our life. And I want you to listen to them. And I'm not even going to tell you what happens. Because you're going to have to go listen. And I want you to feel what happens when they see that. And I want you to understand that every action that you take Every word that you speak, and every day that you live what you want versus what you're told you have to have, that you are an agent of change, that you are an agent of resistance, and that your greatest patriotic duty today is to simply resist the things that are pulling this nation from what it was founded on. I want you to help me take it back. And I don't want to do it with picketing signs and sit-ins and riots and marches. I want you to do the one thing that I've said over and over and over again. If you want to change your nation, then my friends, you must first change yourself. Answer my call to arms today. The things that you've already been doing, keep doing. Do them with a renewed certain sense of purpose. And the things that you've been putting off till tomorrow, realize there may not be a tomorrow. Your life and the people that you influence around you are a gift. And whatever your view of God or spirit or religion is, it should include that. Is a fundamental truth. Your time and those you impact and those who impact you is the greatest gift you'll ever be given. And the fact that you were blessed to be born in a nation like this in a time like now is an even bigger gift. Don't waste one more second. Follow the revolutionary plan. change yourself and make a difference. This has been Jack Spierco. Hoping you've got a little bit of an insight today on what I really mean when I say I help you live the life you want if times get tough, or even if they don't. You can scream, and you can holler, it really doesn't matter, cause it all gets spent.